This is Jessica. And this is Kelly. And this is the Chasing Brighter podcast. This month's book club book is Cafe at the Edge of the World, a story about the meaning of life by John Strelicki. Jess and I chose this book because this month we've been focused on travel. And if you've listened to any of our podcast episodes this month, you've heard stories of amazing women who are really fulfilling their own life's purpose through travel. And so we thought this book was a great compliment to that. Uh, the book tells us about a man, John, the author, um, who embarks on a journey of self-discovery. He's driving on a road and he finds himself in the middle of nowhere. And all of a sudden this cafe pops up on the road and he is coincidentally hungry and ready to refuel. While he's in the cafe on the menu, um, there are three questions that um, every diner embarks on and thinks about. And those three questions are, why are you here? Do you fear death? And are you fulfilled? And so the story takes John through his own personal kind of journey in this cafe during lunch or dinner. What do you think it was lunch or dinner? Yeah, well, he ordered the 27 course breakfast. Yes. I think they're really lunch. For breakfast, I guess. Yeah. And um, he ponders these for himself. Um, he he comes across this at a point, even in his own life, where he's starting to question his own purpose. So, you know, Jess, what did you think about this book? I have been talking to people about the book, and I think that it will take me probably six months to process everything because I felt, even though it was like really simple and kind of naive or cheesy, some of the stuff to really kind of think about those questions deeply for myself. It's going to take me some while, a while, I guess, if that makes sense, or maybe to implement what he's talking about. What do you think? Yeah. You know, I think that this book is intended to be thought provoking and that's what I liked about it. It's a really mm -hmm. quick read. If you do the audio book, it's how many? Like two hours, two hours. Um, so it reminded me a lot of the alchemist in terms of the thought provoking, but I felt because it was more of a modern take. I read the alchemist like 17 years ago. I don't remember it at all. I also maybe read it at a time where I didn't, yeah. it didn't resonate. Correct. Whereas I think now, if as one gets older, and especially when you reach middle age, I think you kind of like your life starts to fall into place in a way that you have time to kind of think about these things, which is right. also why we started chasing brighter. Yeah. You know? Well, and like I talk about all the time that I'm a recovering know-it-all, right? And so I think if I would have read The Alchemist a long time ago, it wouldn't have hit home because I wasn't open to yeah change or I thought the way I was living was the right way or something. And so now that we are on like, you know, I guess, but a consistent search or quest for knowledge and open to hearing other ways of life or strategies for happiness, I think now um, is a perfect opportunity to read a book like this. I agree. I agree. Um, I use Goodreads a lot for my book reviews and like picking books. And I'm glad I didn't do that before we picked this up because the reviews are not good on this. I couldn't believe how many reviews were like one stars and just annihilating the story. Mm. And, and they, I don't think they get it. I felt compelled to write my own review to protect mm. the author. Um, 
a lot of people said it was a terrible read and it was a stupid book. <laughs> One of the reviews said that this book is a trust fund baby, baby telling you to just quit your job and go backpacking in Europe. Mm. So what do you think about that? What do you think about somebody having that perspective on this? Well, if we get into the book a little bit, um, kind of like my summary of the book is that he was in the rat race, not really happy and is um, confronted with these questions where what they're kind of talking about is if you, I think, like minimize your spending and try to live a little bit more minimalistic life, then you don't have all of the, you don't have to have this. It's like, we see something, we want something, we get a job to buy the thing. And then we get more debt and we buy more things and we have to keep working. And then we're like, Oh, when I retire, I'll finally enjoy my life. And so he's, they're talking about it, but if you're love what you do now, and if you were able to find happiness in what you do right now, you don't need to retire, right? You don't have to work, wait until enjoying life. Like you can enjoy life now. And so if there was someone who is living, living in poverty, living paycheck to paycheck, um, it's like, what are their options for enjoying life? Like I could see someone saying like, it's kind of like a privileged look at life. Like, Oh, find something you enjoy as if you have a person has a luxury to just sit and decide, Oh, what is my purpose that I can do that really enjoys? I could see that feedback of it. Yeah, I think you're right. I definitely think it resonates with a, a working professional who is working long hours and maybe has more job choices because of this. Like, I don't, yeah. It also talked about like people who, you know, you, you work and then you buy yourself something to reward you for working all the time. And it's like these short-term, you know, gratifications versus the bigger picture. Like things will, if you, if I buy that, that will make me happy. Buying things will make yeah, me happy. Yeah. It, um, on HGTV on house hunters, it's like one of my guilty pleasures, I guess. I don't know if it's guilty, but there was a woman who was an attorney out on the East coast who like quit her job as an attorney and decided she was going to buy a, a bed and breakfast in Costa Rica and just like build a new life. She was just like, I work all the time and I want to spend time to enjoy life. And I feel like that is this book. The book is about like, if you're working all the time and not giving yourself time to enjoy, if you're working and not loving what you do, Mm -hmm. if you're working just because you want to make a bunch of money and retire someday, you've got it all wrong. And I think just to go back to that criticism, if you have nothing and you're just working to get food and pay for shelter, I think that's where like, I could see a criticism of that. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's not like, Oh, there's this, it's kind of like making the assumption that you're um, kind of blowing your money on frivolous things. Yes. And so, and you're unhappy. And so I could see where, where that criticism could come from. I could see that, but you know, I also feel like not every book is the everything. Like, you know, I'm not a person yeah. who's going to read one sentence in a book and then throw it down and say, I hate it. I'm going to take from it what works for me and what doesn't work for me, I'm just going to kind of set it aside. And so I think there are pearls of wisdom for every person. I think, I think finding your life's purpose is, um, almost like critical for health and happiness and your well-being. And, um, that I don't think your life purpose has to be your job. Do you also think that finding life's purpose is a really big, a big question in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's why it is asked in this book. If I think about it for myself, I almost wonder if my purpose 
evolves throughout my life. And when you reach sort of this middle age where maybe you, you, there's, there's a lot of, at this point in time, there's a lot of things that you wanted to accomplish in your life that you have, um, where when you're younger, maybe you still have a lot of things that you do have a little control over in some way, I guess, you know what I mean? Like starting a family or having kids or not starting a family or focusing on your career and getting to a certain point. Um, I feel like there's a lot of things that you want to do. And then you get to this point where maybe you realize that you've accomplished a lot of your goals, but then it's like the what's next. Well, I think about it even maybe more existential. Like, you know, I know I've said it before, but I really love the term. Um, We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And so for me, it's tapping into like your spiritual purpose for existence or like, so right. They, they call it your, your purpose for existing your PFE. Yeah. So is there like a deeper, like karmic level of your existence here? And I think like, I have multiple purposes for existing. Like I think being a mom and like raising kind human, like I take, I feel lucky that each of my children were planned and intentional. And I try to be an intentional parent. And so it's like, I want to raise good, loving humans. I want to raise kind, compassionate beings. And I feel like that's my purpose. But then also I am one of those people that, um, like, I'm lucky that I do love my job and my job is helping people to heal and helping heal people. And I think I'm good at it. And I think I help people. And so I do find deep meaning in that work. And also I think with chasing brighter, I mean, there's a purpose there for you and I to help people, right. And share the work we've done. And hopefully that sparks something in them to, you know, find their own purpose. Yeah. And hear other stories too, in terms Mm -hmm. of they found there and inspire using not only our own journeys and, but others too, to kind of inspire ourselves and others. And it is kind of about the journey piece um, on that as well, in terms of um, not there's, that's where they say all of these things. I think this type of book, it brings, it's similar to all the other ones in that their whole, like, there's no there, there, like, what is your purpose in life? There's no like, holy grail of like, you've reached a goal. It's like, why are you, that's why it's like, why are you here? It's not like, what do you, what's your goal? Cause there's no goal to achieve right. per se. Right. Um, I think there's something about maybe a series of goals to like help you find your purpose for existence or continue to achieve that. Because part of, um, you know, some of the takeaways I, I got on it, I took away. Um, Cause you want to take away takeaways. I don't know. <laughs> know that, but um, is the idea of like, not losing focus on what your goals are and what you want to do. Um, and that as you, as everyone knows, there's so many things that can distract us, uh, both time, energy, money that keep us away from our goals. So you might be spending money on things that it goes back to what you were saying is spending money on things that aren't really getting to your goal. Like if I want to travel, then why am I spending money on Shoes, jeans, shoes, or expensive coffee or all the other things or handbags. Right. When it's like, those really aren't my goal. If my goal was to have a handbag collection, sure. But it's that like, and I think 
um, everybody spends money on things that maybe are frivolous and it's about kind of being more, that goes back to just being more thoughtful, right? And about purposeful, intentional. Yeah. That's what reminds me of like Emily McCauley, who we had this month on the podcast and she's talking about minimalism and, um, you know, uh, kind of reducing her, her carbon footprint. And I think, uh, you know, I've shared about wanting to be, um, wanting to look at how I can be more minimalist this year. I think it looks different for everyone, but I think it's really about like, if you look at your home, it's like having things that bring joy or are purposeful. Right. And Mm -hmm. so if you have a box of crap from 1987, it's probably not you know, bringing joy to you, you know? And I think it's like, how can you start untangling like what you're doing? And I think we all get on that where it's like, at least the people in my life where we're just like ordering stuff from Amazon or, you know, just buying stuff and like, oh, look, isn't this cute? It's on sale. And like, it's like, what does that have to do with anything? Like if, if you and I are talking about our purpose, like you're saying, our purpose is not about collecting clothing and looking cute right? Our purposes run deeper than that. Yeah. And so, and that kind of aligns with um, Jay Shetty's book, Think Like a Monk, where he talks about like, does your spending reflect what you say is important to you? Does your time reflect what's important to you? So if you're working 80 hours a week, does that reflect you saying my family is number one? Or if you are, you know, eating out six days a week and you're saying my number one priority is health and fitness. So it's just kind of looking at, does your time spending habits reflect what you're saying is your purpose for existence. And I guess that's where I'm at in 2023 and really trying to think, am I what like walking the talk when it comes to my purpose and my goals? I like that. And that, what do you, what do you think about that second question? Like, do you fear death? Um, I think that when I looked at the question itself, it was hard for me to kind of get my head around, but I think after reading the book, Um, and even researching for, you know, this discussion, it's really about, I see it as like, kind of like, are you ready to die in that? Like, have you accomplished all the things that you want to accomplish? Or like, what do you have that you haven't done kind of a thing? So I thought that was an interesting way to think about it. So it's like, do your fear death in my mind is it's like, if you weren't, if you left earth today, like, what would you regret? And like making sure that you're not like not living life with regrets. I yeah. Know. yeah. And I think about it too. Like I remember when we had um, Sophia line on the podcast and she was talking about her cancer diagnosis mm-hmm. and she was like, we're not getting out of here alive. And so I think about that, like just kind of recognizing you're not getting out of here alive <laughs> and um, we could die at any moment. We have no idea. And so are you like, are you living in the moment and ready for that? And I think about that in relationships. I think about that a lot. And maybe it's just our life, a lot of death in our life, or maybe it's the work that I do, but like, are you okay? If someone, if your friend died, a family member died tomorrow, like, are you settled? Do you feel good about that relationship? And so do you have things set in a way that if you were to die or someone would die, that you're, you, that you're okay with that. Very, like mm-hmm. very in line with mm-hmm. what you're saying, like regrets, like, do you have regrets or are things okay where they mm-hmm. stand? Mm-hmm. Um, but I do, there was a time last year where I was fearing death. I think there was a lot of death in my practice. Um, and I was just kind of absorbing everyone's fear 
Um, you know, when you specialize in anxiety, there's a lot of anxiety in your life. And for whatever reason, um, I was absorbing it. And so then I had to kind of um, explore that, right? Explore that some more. And where is that coming from? And so I think that's good for us to think about. And I, and, and like, again, going back to Sophia line, talking about like, if you're a parent, are your kids equipped to live without you? right? Are people equipped to be without you? Are you empowering your children to succeed? Are you empowering others around you? Um, I think that's a, a good, I don't know, tie in with that question as well. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I think just having younger kids like, no, I mean, I, who is ready? Um, you know, I think everybody wants to, that's where it's like, this is probably, that's probably one area that is hard for me to like, get my head around just because it's like, I'm not ready. <laughs> to right. die. I don't right. want to. Um, and it's like, I still have a lot of my life that I want to live. And so that's definitely a question I need to spend some more time on. <laughs> right. Well, I think it's like, it's not like telling your kids, okay, guys, if I die, the oatmeal's on the third shelf. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think it's like having those talks about your beliefs about death. Like a lot of people that I see who struggle with grief, um, and, and I don't specialize in grief, but, um, they don't have a belief system about what happens when you die. And I'm not saying it has to be like religious or spiritual, but they're just like, I don't even know. I've never even thought about it. I don't know. So that's something you can talk with your kids about, you know, like with your beliefs about what you think happens when someone dies, what is the purpose of life? Why are you here? Why did bad things happen to good people? I mean, those are all things that can help you and help you build resilience in your children. I feel like we had weird, crazy things happen to us at family members growing up. And I, and I, I remember like doing this research on like recovering from trauma. And there was this whole section on like how you were raised to believe about what happens when good things happen to bad people. And I feel like we were raised with a really good messaging around that. And so we can handle and have the ability to be resilient when bad things happen. I don't know if, you, if you've had that same, if that came to you growing up about like, you know, when bad things happen to good people. Like, you know, people like it was just, when something happens that's so senseless, I felt like we were given the tools to be able to hash that out and be okay with it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but I, it, it was something where it happened enough that you, I guess you learned to navigate. I didn't think about it that way. Cause I always thought about it as like when those things happen in those situations, I was able to kind of take away in some ways for myself as like ways to prevent that from happening to me. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, almost like what, like finding, finding some meanings on some stuff that I, it's like, I, I think each of those times it's like you take away something that you want to make sure that you don't follow in that same path, whatever. So you looked at like where you could control it. So it wouldn't happen to you. Um, where I could control it. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. Some of those you can't control. Yeah. Yeah. So why do you think it's important for people to read books like this? I can answer my own question if you want me to. <laughs> well, I think it's really good to ask those kinds of questions and to push yourself to think deeper about your life. I think he, he talks about, like, I think that the, the analogy hamster wheel is perfect, right? It's like you're running and running and going nowhere. And so I always think it's good to be like, wait a minute, what am I doing? Why am I here? I think that's a great question. Um, 
I, I think that uh, that talks about spirituality. And I, I believe asking why you're here is a spiritual based question. And I believe tapping into your spirituality or tapping into you and your gut is essential to healthy and happy living. So when you think about it that way, I feel like some of the reason why I'm here is just to experience, you know, as much life and connect with other humans as possible is like one, one piece. I would say that kind of came to me. I think the whole parenting thing. Yeah. Raising a good human, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think that, um, you know, I, I think it's an interesting question and there's no right answer to it, which is kind of fun, but I agree. I think a lot of these books, it's, it's good to maybe be introspective. Right. And, think about and being thoughtful about um, yourself and ways that you can. One of the other things I thought that's interesting about the book is it really does. um, It's a very straightforward, simple narrative in like gaining perspective on things. And I really do think that sometimes half of what many struggles that I have is like having a perspective. If a person frustrates me, even like with work or something, um, kind of understanding where they're coming from, right? And it, that's the whole thing I think in life in general is having that perspective on like uh, why you're doing certain things and and having that perspective can help you find maybe joy in something that you didn't know you would find enjoyable. So, yeah, I think about that, you know, you know, I love me some poor agreements and you're talking about like not taking it personally. And I think when I find myself taking things personally, I talk about it to myself about being lost in humanity, right? That you're, you're, you're kind of lost in the, and to me, lost in humanity means like lost in the physical world, lost in material things, like losing, like touch with the bigger purpose and the bigger picture. Um, what do you think about the question? Um, are you fulfilled? Are you fulfilled? I don't know. I, I think, think it's different still... than are you happy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Different. yeah. Well, I loved in the book, and this is where I, I have to spend some more time for myself, which is, um, you know, I think that it's hard to constantly be asking yourself, like, am I getting fulfillment out of what I'm doing this very minute? You know? So I, I think that is interesting that, cause when I think about like distractions, take away from, take away time and energy from what you want to do and what you want, what you find fulfilling is interesting in the world of like streaming content, <laughs> like Netflix or whatever, where you're watching all these, you know, where I'm watching been I'm binge watching certain sh- a lot of shows or whatever not all the time but you know what I mean I feel like everyone's got I'm trying to normalize myself I will be watching a show regularly right so it's like am I getting fulfillment out of that that's such a distraction I think we were talking even to Brian was that last night the night before like how much more time we would have if we didn't watch television you know and like am I getting fulfillment out of television yeah well I want to look at like what is fulfillment? So I want to look up the word fulfillment. Okay. The achievement of something desired, promised, or predicted. Like, for example, winning the championship was the fulfillment of a childhood dream. The meeting of a requirement or a condition. It's almost like meeting goals, which is interesting. 
what is the true definition of fulfillment? It's a feeling of satisfaction that you get from doing or achieving something, especially something useful. So like satisfaction from achievement, which is interesting because, you know, um, as an achiever, that resonates with me. Checking boxes is fulfilling. Um, I think, yeah, I think that because I am asking myself these questions and I do feel fortunate that I have um, kind of a little bit of control in my life. Do you know what I mean? Like I have wiggle room in my life as far as like my schedule and um, what I can do, like more time. I have time because I run my own business and I can do things what I like, what I want to do when I want to do them. So I think that that allows me to place things in a way that my week is purposeful. And I do feel fulfilled hundred percent of the time. No, no way. Again, when I feel like I'm taking things personally and I'm like stuck in humanity and lost in the comparison game, I don't feel fulfilled. And like, we all get lost in that comparison game. You know, like I struggle with my body image all the time, but then I, but what helps me out of is like, F this, like, who cares? I don't care about my weight. Does that have anything to do with my life goals? And no, it doesn't. So then I can pull away from it, but you know, I get lost in it. I spiral like all of us do at times, but when I'm able to stay in tune with the meditation that we do with getting enough sleep, with caring for myself, reading the books, touching base with the people that I love in my life, then I'm able to stay in touch with my overall purpose. And then I do feel fulfilled. I like that. I like that. I think that for me, I'm still like, I think I go back and forth about like fulfillment and like, what is that? And how, like, um, I've, I think I've done a good job and I've talked about this previously in terms of trying to eliminate things that are stealing my joy and that don't bring me fulfillment. I think that I still have some work to do on what does bring me fulfillment you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I think this book has been helpful in sort of helping to reevaluate, right. The things that I do and what are these things that does bring me fulfillment versus not, because I think sometimes even what I said about finding joy in doing things is it's like, and gaining a perspective, right. So it's like, you know, if I pause for a minute, each throughout the day. And I was like, is this fulfilling? Right. There are things that I find really fulfilling that I do enjoy, um, that might not be significant to others, you know, but it doesn't matter what they think it's about me finding fulfillment. Um, we don't have a dishwasher right now and I find some enjoyment out of washing dishes. It's very soothing. By the way, I took that away from you last night. Yeah, you did. I would have known. That was some joy for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think about, I, so my favorite story from the book, kind of my, my last thing in the book, my favorite story was a fisherman. So let me know if I butcher the story, but it was like, this guy was on mm. vacation and visiting and saw this man fishing and he was easily catching fish. And he was like, oh, you should like get a boat. And he was like, why is it? So you can catch more fish. He's like, why do I want to catch more fish? He's like, so then you can sell it and get more money and then get more boats. And he goes, why would I want more boats and more money? He was like, then you can have more money um, to accumulate wealth. So then you can retire and do what you want to do. And he was like, could I have, um, breakfast with my daughter? He goes, yeah, you could. Well, actually you probably couldn't because your daughter would be grown by that time. He goes, could he goes, but you could do anything you wanted to do. And he was like, what if what I want to do is fish. And that's what I think about. Like for me, I do think I've got on this thing where like Justin and I, we, we were married very young at 22 and we had like 
no money, right? And we have like nothing. And then all of a sudden you just get a house and crap and cars and kids. And then you're just like spending all this money. And it's like, that is where I tap back into that minimalist where it's like, how can I reduce all of this crap and all of the spending and just like really simplify things. So you're not telling yourself a story of, oh, when the kids go out of the house, I'm going to do this. Oh, or when I retire, I'm going to do this, but that you're trying to do it right now. And that's kind of my takeaway. How can I make my life in a way that I can do you know what i want to do right now and not get in that thing of like oh in five years i'm gonna do that in 10 years i'm gonna do that but like do it right now that's my big takeaway is that like fisherman story i like that and i think for me the big takeaway is like i just feel like my life is full of noise you know what i mean there's a lot of stuff a lot of messages whether it's stuff i put on myself or stuff others put on me about things i need to be doing and like how to eliminate that to find a more fulfilling, you know, day in life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that this book, and because it's so short, do you have the page numbers of it? Um, because this book is so short, we did, we both did the audio form of the book. Um, but because it's, it's such a simple listen, um, I, I would encourage everyone to give it a listen. It's something that you can easily do in a day or two. Um, and the book length is 136 pages. And so definitely really digestible in a week, but full of, I think, you know, kind of those existential questions to be asking yourself, you know, why are you here? Do you fear death? And are you fulfilled? So I definitely recommend this as a yeah. lesson. Yeah, I agree. I liked it. It's definitely one of the ones I like. I also like the ones that are shorter and that really kind of get to the point, which I thought this one did. So yeah, I agree. Enjoy. Thanks for listening and joining us today. And don't forget to follow us on social media at Chasing Brighter or on our blog, ChasingBrighter.com.